Hello, and welcome to Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality, the podcast. Unfortunately, due to scheduling conflicts, I was not able to interview Eliezer Yudkowsky. Instead, this episode is the recording of the Malcon 2014 panel of the Methods of Rationality voice actors. It has been edited slightly for time and content, but it's still pretty damn long. There is some audience interaction, which is harder to hear, but hopefully still intelligible. Here we go. Okay, so I have my little list of notes here so I don't get lost. <laughs> I'm not that great with the public speaking yet, but this is the Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality podcast voice actors panel. I am Inyash Brodsky. I do the narration as well as Harry and Quirrell are the two big main ones. Also Draco and a lot of little voices on the side. Harry and Quirrell? Yeah. That's got to be complicated. It's, uh, <laughs> it's fun, you know. They're, they're kind of the same person anyway with the Horcrux thing, right? It's <laughs> a good explanation. I like that. Yeah. To my left, we have Brian Jones. He does the voice of Severus Snape. And to my further left, we have simply uh, Miss Hermione Granger because she wishes to remain anonymous. I know some of us here know her real name. Uh, try not to use it. If you do use it, I'll bleep it out afterwards if this ever goes up <laughs> online. So don't worry. Your anonymity, anonymity will be protected. <laughs> Hermione. Hermione-nimity? Just, no. just... Miss <laughs> <laughs> Granger will do. Miss yeah. <laughs> Granger. So originally, when I started up this podcast, I envisioned it just as creating an audiobook for Methods of Rationality. Because I, you know, I like audiobooks to listen to at work, and I was really upset I couldn't listen to it at work. And then I figured that since I know how to read and how to talk out loud, I could make this happen myself. <laughs> and it, most audiobooks start with just one author reading the entire thing, doing all the voices, and that is the way I plan to do it, because first it's traditional. But more importantly, I don't particularly trust other people. Uh, not necessarily in that I think they're bad people, it's just that Unreliability. Yeah, life happens, you know, people move away, people get really busy, people die sometimes, which is not their own fault, usually. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't, I knew this was going to be a long term project, you know, multi years, and I didn't want to be at, at anyone else's mercy in that way. And also, I didn't want to chain anyone else to me for that many years. But as I started doing this, I realized I'm really crappy with voices. <laughs> I have maybe three or four voices I can do, and I can't do women at all. My my women sounded like the Monty Python women. <laughs> <laughs> spam eggs and spam! <laughs> Which was awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was I was complaining to Drake, who unfortunately is not here today. Drake Walker is the voice of Dumbledore. He's not feeling well at the moment. I was complaining to him one day that an old man just talked to Harry Potter, and in the same episode at the very end, Dumbledore is going to be talking to Minerva, and Dumbledore is also an old man. And I only have the one old man voice, and I didn't want them to sound very similar. And I was like, can you, can you help me out here? Like, coach me a bit. Tell me what to do. Does this sound different from this? And Drake, after a couple minutes, was like... Dude, why don't I just do Dumbledore for you? I'm like, no, you can't do that. It's, this is going to be years. This is a major voice. It's like, whatever. I'm good for it. You know me. We've known each other since maybe before high school. Definitely high school at any rate. I'm, I'm going to be here. I'll do your Dumbledore. And I was like, well, give it a shot. He's like, 
Harry, <laughs> use the force. He's <laughs> like, that's brilliant. <laughs> Except he did it much better because obviously my old man voice sucks. And so I was like, yeah, sure, okay. You, you, you can do Dumbledore. Let's try this. And I loved it and it was great. And at that time in my life, uh, me and Drake and Miss Granger were hanging out a lot and she wasn't there that evening, I don't think, but she was there a later evening and... Did you hear my Hermione first, or yeah. was were we just talking about this? I think we were just talking about it. I don't remember exactly. Okay. Did and did I ask you to do Hermione, or was this something you volunteered for? Because it's been so many years now. I really don't remember. I think that I was pressed into it by the both of you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, really? You sound exactly like Hermione. I'm like, no, I really don't. You sound... It's pretty good Hermione. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but you don't hear yourself... No. In normal speak, when um, you hear it recorded, it's a little different. It's just enough different that other people hear that, I think. I didn't read any of the stories mm-hmm. going in. I had absolutely no idea what was happening. You highlighted the sentences for me, so I really had no idea what I was reading. And I didn't want to know, quite frankly, because it okay. wasn't, you know, my genre. is something that I would listen to. But I, I did download it because I wanted to support it, and I heard my voice, mm-hmm. and I just became more and more entranced with Wait a minute, that, that's me. That's, it doesn't sound like me, because you do sound very yeah. different when you're recorded. I don't know if you've ever listened to yourself. But or over the phone. Or, 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 yeah, over yeah. the phone. It, the, the echo inside of your own head gives you a very distorted sense of what you sound like. So it, yeah. it, even though I'm not terribly interested in the content, mm-hmm. it was fascinating to listen to everyone else's voices, and then every once in a while, oh, yeah, that's me again. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? Were you chagrined to hear your voice? Because I remember when I first heard my voice recorded, it's like, oh, Oh, I sound like such a nerd. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I read or seen on television somewhere that the old, you know, 1940s, 50s actors on television were also very disappointed to hear themselves once they had been reprojected. They said, oh, my goodness, that's not what I sound like. So it's a phenomenon that happens with mm-hmm. most people. Mm-hmm. I have heard to feel better about it. You got to think that since you're hearing your own voice transmitted through, you know, your skull, it's a solid medium. It transmits the sound better than going through the air. So what you're hearing is what how you really sound, yeah. and everyone else is hearing the corrupted, <laughs> stupid version. Oh, good. <laughs> I like that. That's right. That's much better. I'm hearing the real me. Exactly. <laughs> no one else knows what you're like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you read the original Harry Potter at all? Yes, I've read the entire series. Are you a big fan? Um, uh, relatively. Yes. Oh. I've I've always thought that it should have been called Hermione Granger and the you know whatever it is because in every book she's the one that solves most of the problems. In the end, Harry finally steps up, but especially the in the one first that can one, deflect things and, right. and do special things. But she's the one that she's the one that's the like, no, here's the problem. Here's how we fix it. And by the way, I know the spell, so I'm the one who's going to cast it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm the one who actually studied in class. Hermione was always a better character. Hermione, I thought. Nobody studies at Hogwarts but you. <laughs> <laughs> so Brian. I actually asked you to do the voice. Yeah. Once I got to Snape, I had done some Snape before, and I was just being told by uh, a fan earlier that you have helped save the podcast. (laughs) 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 Because my Snape was as awful as just about every other voice I've ever tried to do. I wanted to thank you for that. What did did you think when I first came up and asked you to do a voice? I thought it'd be cool. Hmm? It's fun to do voice work and and, uh, different voices and... 
I was one of those kids that kind of grew up with Looney Tunes and Mel Blanc and all the unique voices, and yeah. I used to recite commercial ads and stuff when I was a kid. Just <laughs> I would memorize really? things, so I drove my mom nuts. We'd <laughs> drive down the street, and I'd see a billboard, and I'd just, right off the bat, boom, there was the ad coming out, and she said I just wouldn't shut up, so. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember any old jingles from childhood? Oh, yeah, I, you know, like Tootsie Roll. Give pops, us one. Um, the world looks mighty good to me, because Tootsie Rolls are all I see wherever I go, I and whatever I see, it becomes a tootsie roll to me. That is an yeah, old one. Yeah, it's a really just, old just one. Just so everyone in the audience knows, Brian's about 80. <laughs> <laughs> he saw the television being invented. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a fun idea, and I, I totally wanted to do it, and I totally got into it after um, you gave me the instructions of what you're kind of looking for. And it's, it's kind of fun when you think it out, because I literally created it in my mind based on what you gave me the description, and I... I got this arrogant feel and this, I started, you know, gritting my teeth with a smile like I was devious and that's how it just came out. So I had to constantly do this and my muscles were aching half an hour later, but you know, it's like, hurry, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you're still trying to force the sound out, but do the sneering voice, you know, and and the inflections and you hadn't mentioned the muscle aching before. Oh, it's not a big thing, but it was just like. I was so intent on making it sound correct, and yeah. that's I, why I had to. Again, I couldn't remember it every time I'd come back over. I couldn't remember the exact sound, so I'd have to hear just a little snippet of myself, and then mm-hmm. that would help get me back into it. And I do a thing also to get into character. Like when I do Draco, I put on a sneer. Yeah. <laughs> whenever whenever I do Ron, I try to channel my best surfer Keanu. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! A few times before I actually Seriously? start. Seriously, wow. it helps a lot. Wow. Do you have any rituals or anything to get into Hermione? No. Hermione is just who you are, naturally. It's Great. pretty awesome. And actually, you kind of, <laughs> sort of, yeah. Now, did you read any of the story before you read for mm. Methods of Rationality? No, or? I haven't read any Harry Potter, and I, haven't, I hadn't read any of the story. I just had him explain to me in the scene what we were doing and, and what was going on. And I do that a lot. There. So, Brian, you apparently did voice work even before this. For you said some kind of Sherlock Holmes or steampunk sort of thing. Yeah, somebody at uh, NDK asked me to to step in and do a voice, some steampunk thing they were doing, and they they have a podcast too. I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, they had a duel between Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty. Mm-hmm. So I came in and played the Sherlock Holmes part, and it was only one or two episodes, I think, that uh, mm-hmm. where they clashed, and it was this is another time different time frame and, and kind of uh, same kind of thing with methods of rationality where it's its own thing but um, yeah I stepped in and did that and it was it was a lot of fun and I got to work with another guy that played Moriarty and he does a lot of voice work too so we were going tit for tat and we ended up changing the script a little bit to stay in character and, okay. and it was kind of fun because we we had a fight scene and we couldn't just sit there and talk and we had to literally be fighting while we were doing it. So we cleared the living room, we got some wow. tubes and some PVC and we were fighting and we had to kind of choreograph the fight as we were speaking. So we worked it out as we were talking and clashing the the sticks and said, oh, 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 you know, it, it had to be all that literally while you're talking. So it got more, it, it was more fun in that sense. It wasn't just sitting behind a microphone and... Yeah, going through your character, but it was acting it out, and it, it had a lot of, 
a lot more to it than I thought it would. And, but it was really good. This guy could do a Sean Connery like you would not believe. Too. <laughs> Blew me away. So he kind of channeled that into Moriarty, and, and I was doing a real uptight British, you know, I know my thing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> waffle, waffle. And it was just a blast. So Would you prefer that, like being with someone, trading on and off, rather than just reading off a script? You know, it depends, I think, on what you're doing. In, our, in that character scene, we were fighting on top of a train and literally with swords, and, <laughs> and it was very physical, so we had to do that. And it was fun going tit-for-tat with that, too. Mm-hmm. And that's when I, I looked at some of the script, and as we were saying it, I, 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 we, I stopped it a couple times and said, I wouldn't say this in this character in this way. I would say this this way. Mm-hmm. And I said, let me say it to you. And we went back and forth with a couple of lines between Moriarty and myself, and they said, yeah, that sounds better. And it's just the character. When you get into the character, you start to speak that way. Yeah. And you say, no, I wouldn't say this word. I would use this word, or I would use it in this phrasing. And it's Victorian, and, you know. I've noticed you, yeah, a few times did suggestions, too, with uh, Methods of Rationality. And that was, uh, for both of you, actually, one of the things I noticed. When I was first reading it, I thought, I'm just transcribing this from, you know, text into audio. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm completely removing myself from this process. Then when I, I believe it was when you delivered one of the early lines in the first chapter when Hermione is delivered, uh, uh, introduced, you delivered the line in a different way than I would. Mm -hmm. And that was when I first realized just by reading this and adding my own emotional interpretation to it, I am changing the text a bit. Not much, but I'm doing something. Do you, do you ever, for, for example, I just thought of Hermione as like a secondary character, you know, like Mm -hmm. someone to, for Perry to play off of and to support him. And when you started doing her, she really felt like a main character to me all of a sudden. Which I'm assuming is part of, you know, since you are Hermione, you're always the hero of your own story. So you kind of brought that into it. But did you ever, like, do some something along those lines on purpose? Uh, I don't think that I did any of that on purpose. Uh, honestly, I've always been a fan of audiobooks. Um, my favorite author being Dean Koontz. And my favorite voice actor being Keith Sarabica. Happily, the two of them came together and did a book called Fear Nothing. And it's my favorite audiobook, and I probably listened to it mm, about 14 or 15 times. And wow. he actually does the first and second book, and he's just got such a wonderful voice, coupled with a an author that has such a wonderful story, that when I first read the story, I thought I liked it. But then when it, the voice acting came into it, it was just this holy matrimony that you know I could listen to for the end of time. So when you know when I listened to that and several other audiobooks, I picked up on those voice authors which had something special, which were unique. Another one is um, Elizabeth Peters. She's the author. And I can't remember the the gal that reads for her. Linda Rosenblatt, perhaps? She also, you know, she does uh, younger male voices and older male voices, and there's just something different enough about it that it draws you into the story. So I think that at least subconsciously that was also happening for me, was let me give some depth to this character. If we're going to have multiple cast of different voice actors, you really want to bring that into the story and engage people by pulling in different emotions. And that that was one of the things that I, I did for you being uh, out of town but I didn't have you to coach me for what the emotion was behind so sometimes I'd read it with several different inflections yeah. and let you pick what you thought was the intended uh, yeah, dialogue. Yeah, I did the same thing. I would read it a couple of different ways because I didn't know how it was supposed to be interpreted and, right. then it, and you know. Thank you both. It's a lot easier because you're right there with me when we're recording so lots of times I'll tell you, mm, no that was slightly off, do it this way. Whereas <laughs> Miss Granger I guess I'm going to beat myself out. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
Right. Where Ms. Granger, um, you originally recorded with us, but uh, then you went on a long trip. And so I had this spare microphone, coincidentally, and I just gave it to you. And now you record, you know, I don't know where you record, but without me. And is it different not having someone around? Is there, do you feel not a different kind of pressure? Or is it better without me there, breathing down your neck? Well, at first, I didn't want to read it at all. And you, you know, you kind of pressed me into it. And at first, when I first started reading, I was very bashful about it. And, um, you know, it was, oh, no, you're doing this great. And I, I would start to read, and then I would kind of fall off and get a little bit more quiet. And then Drake would come and annoy me. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, he'd get into character, and, you know, I would get all fiery with piss and vinegar like Hermione and then you'd be like great that's a wrap and I'm like oh really I remember (laughs) when you had to be outraged because Harry had stolen some pies and you you were not it was okay but it wasn't quite there and so Drake was like, you know what? This is how you get outraged. And he grabbed you and picked you up and was like, Rrr! I know. You're like, put me down, you asshole! Yep. <laughs> that's how I read. So, so, yes, I do enjoy reading by myself. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took a while of getting over it, but once, you know, once it, there was an established pattern, I could do it by myself, and it was no, no large issue. But, you know, reading the text not knowing what was coming mm. that several different readings of the same inflection and letting you pick was just far easier for me yeah you can't put it i don't care how well you write you just can't put the full emotion behind print sometimes mm. exactly you can't give the right inflection unless there's some we create some sort of lines of underlining and capitalizing in certain letters or you know it, it, you can't put that intonation in there for so crying out loud there's no sarcasm fine and that's yeah. what everybody's yeah. been wanting for the longest time <laughs> yeah. so until they start with something like that the voice acting definitely brings an added dimension yeah a lot of it is just trusting your reader like mm-hmm. I hope the reader figures out what I'm doing right yeah. but when you have voice actors as awesome as you guys are you don't have to bother with that as much <laughs> not that I don't trust the readers but <laughs> going forward <laughs> <laughs> So, for both of you, what's what's the best part of voice acting, now that you've been doing it for a while? Being able to put it in an audio format where people can take it with them wherever they want. I'm a large fan of it because I like gardening, and I can sit in the garden for two or three hours without getting annoyed with the same old playlist, or... It also works out very well for exercising. Yeah. You don't have that four or five minute song, and then okay, I'm done on the treadmill kind of thing. It's a sometimes you just don't have time to read. Yeah, you don't have time to read. You're doing something else at the same time. You don't necessarily have all of your uh, faculties um, taken advantage of at the moment because you're driving somewhere or because you're riding the bus. You'd like to be multitasking, and you just can't do that with a book unless you want to go, you know, run face first into a, a pond or something like that, which several people yeah. have done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've all seen the, the video of the gal who's texting and you know in the mall and just right over into the fountain. So it's kind of nice to have it in your audio format, you know, available for everybody to take part of. You not not to mention the people who probably just don't read that well. Yeah. Honestly, when I was small, I've heard this story from my mother several times recently for some strange reason. Uh, I learned to read because she was reading it aloud to me. She never actually taught me how to read. Hmm. So she was reading out books and, you know, got a new book. and she The original started, audio format. The original <laughs> audio format, yeah. She'd read it to me and, you know, she would point out the words and follow along. And she got a new book one day and I started reading. And, hmm. Or, no, the, the old books. And she thought, oh, okay, well, she's memorized it. So she got me a new book. And then it was, oh, she learned how to read this herself. So I think that there is definitely an untapped resource there for parents who are unable to read to their children. They could give them the book and the audio book at the same time and have them follow along with the story. There's 
Although they probably shouldn't do that with this book. Probably not this book, but, yeah. but in terms of you know audiobooks in general, I think that it's a great added resource. Yeah. That's how I learned to read. Hooked <clears throat> on phonics didn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, and now I'm embarrassed to say it, but most books put me to sleep. I think it's the physical reading of the lines. It's so tedious sometimes. Mm-hmm. I just literally I fall asleep. So unless it's something I'm really, really into, and it's rare to find that kind of series or book that just drives you to read, yeah. um, it's better to have the audio format sometimes. Yeah. I, I actually got one fan letter from someone in think it was germany because for some reason i have a fair chunk of listeners in germany like most of the downloads come from english-speaking countries but there's this significant slice that's just germany like what what is it about methods of rationality that the germans love (laughs) (laughs) it could be (laughs) but yeah i got a fan mail from someone who said thanks this has really helped me with my english a lot and since then i've kind of been a bit more worried about my pronunciation of things yeah because it either or either and i always grew up saying library (laughs) instead of library i've had to go back and re-record a few times it's you funny know, when I, you get something that helps you question yourself, and now you're being a little more careful. And yeah. I think that you're worrying about it too much because there, because you have such a varied voice acting cast. Mm-hmm. The biggest benefit is probably listening to a bunch of different American English voices yeah. and understanding the accents. The pronunciation, most people will understand what you're trying to say. So I think that for them, it's just a more varied range of people to listen to. And I think just the pronunciations are old and new, kind of like laboratory and laboratory. Mm. That's going to be different from country to country and age, you know, age to age. So so going off that last question, what's the worst part of this voice acting project that you guys have been doing? Hmm. I died? <laughs> or maybe Spoilers! Maybe, sorry, I forgot to say that. Or, or, or maybe that maybe that's the best part. Hmm. I don't know. That, you know, <laughs> you're done. Hey, it's done. I keep hoping Harry will bring you back. Well, I, there is an alternate. There's a possibility. I mean, there's magic in the world, right? There is magic in the world. So, but it, I don't know. There's no real downsides because it's not my baby. So I can just read the lines and I don't. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're not really invested in it no. other than just having to do the voice work and then move on. You do all the background stuff, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't say there's anything down. Any uh, downside to I, it? I really. have come up with one. Sometimes when I would read something and it would just be completely garbled, and you'd say, oh, "I'm so sorry, can you read that again?" And I'd mm. be like, "Really? That took me 15 minutes of reading that out loud." Oh. But it's only 15 minutes, so I'm only at half an hour. Okay, we'll do it again. Uh, I know that you used to have me read in a room that had a sheet in it. Yes, to help reduce the echo a bit. Right, and sometimes I would be in a room that I guess was a little bit more echoey, or mm-hmm. uh, I didn't understand how to use a microphone. Again, I'm not exactly uh, technologically savvy here, but you had the, the cushion for it, which I guess is just padding to put it in the box, and yeah. I had it over it thinking that it was somehow this special <laughs> microphone cover. I don't know why that even occurred to me, because after you told me, um, no, that's just... So like that's catcher, box yeah. packaging. I was like, oh. Well, yeah. every now and then you see the microphones with a little foam around them, you know? Yeah. Right. So you're like, oh, it must be that thing. Right. So I read it, and you were like, no, that's not I can barely work. hear you. Yeah, you're really yeah. distant. <laughs> so it, it was a little bit difficult trying to figure out what that, that happy medium was because I didn't have all of your setups done completely correctly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you would see me speaking directly into the microphone, and you'd say, no, 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 just off to the side. And I realized, okay, he doesn't yell at me when I do it off to the side. So. <laughs> Just, you know, it, it, was, it was slowly building towards something, you know, I, I can't re- uh, 
can't record in this room because it's just too small, be too echoey, and I can't, you know. So I would just learn where the placement and everything would go. And uh, standing up was also very important. Oh, really? Yes, I did stand so up. So diaphragm, so you're projecting. Uh, something about that. I don't know, maybe I was able to slam my, you know, fist down on my dresser or something close enough by so that way I could get into character. But for me, standing up definitely helped me read uh, a little bit more fluidly. Yeah, I'm picturing you off to the side somewhere in front of a mirror, slapping your face, getting into character. <laughs> <laughs> Come pick me up! Shake me! <laughs> so you finally got it down perfect to a science right before you got killed. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I learned, then killed I Killed off the pinnacle of my career. No, that's okay. There will be more. If, if, if you ever want to do more. But... I was thinking about a project crash. I will talk to you after this about. So it has been about three years since we started. How, I know, right? It didn't seem like it was that long. Yeah. yeah didn't. How uh, has your voice changed? Do you think over the time? Because I, when I went back and listened to some of my early ones, I didn't recognize this because it's just you know from week to week to week. There's not a big changes, but after about sixty episodes, I went back and listened to the early ones. I was talking a lot faster back then, and my voices were less distinct. It was you know like. Narrator, Potter, Quirrell, all very similar. And now, you know, when I do Potter, I'm like, hey, I'm Harry Potter. And when I do Quirrell, I'm like, I'm Professor Quirrell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe the other voices helped you as well, too, because you hear the distinction and the emotion in those. And in the beginning, you said you were just reading an audiobook. It didn't, it wasn't a scripted thing necessarily. It was just reiterating what you're reading. So once other people got into it, maybe that helped you get into character as well. Do you think your voice or style has changed in the past three years? I don't remember I have a crappy memory so I don't really remember my voice per se exactly so that's why I've got to hear it and once I hear how I speak then I can just um, reiterate it again I can create it all over again and and get back into it so I don't think mine really changed I don't know that mine's changed because like I said I don't you know, I don't generally listen to them. I did go back and listen to up till episode 40 or something like that uh, a long time ago. And it, I was uh, pleasantly surprised at how funny some things were happening, like Harry and Hermione fell in love, which I completely laughed out loud about. Uh, it, it was very, very funny to listen to what I had been reading in context, but I don't think that I'd recognized a change in my voice. We've got about 20 minutes left. Before I continue, are there any questions from the audience? I don't want to run out of time. No? No questions? I have lots of questions, but I don't want to take up all your time with them. Uh, go ahead. Shoot something out. So I, I didn't actually know that there was a podcast until I saw it on the schedule here. I'm oh. a big fan of, of reading it. Uh, I don't, I, I'm the exact opposite of you guys. I zone out while I'm listening to something, and I'll have to replay something like 15 times. Mm. Um, so I don't really listen to audio books much, although I like the old radio dramas, and it seems like this is probably more akin to the radio drama than it is to just an audio book. Mm-hmm. Um, are you guys all local? Well, we are, yes. Uh, that's, you know, how I first got other people in it. They were just in my house, and I was complaining. <laughs> and, they, and they said, we can help you out. But not everyone is. Uh, in the back there, Brian, um, not Brian, Stephen, uh, he did a few voices for me while he was up in Fort Collins mm-hmm. and just recorded them and sent them to me, and I've had quite a few people do that. Uh, still local. That's, well, I mean, it is local, but I've, I've had people from across the country. One of the first people that did it, I did not originally solicit people online to do voices for me. I was just like, my friends, okay, they've said they'd help me. If they ever punk out on me, I will go to their door, and I will <laughs> ring the doorbell until they answer, and I will not leave until I get a voice. With laptop and microphone in hand. Right. I can physically, yeah, be there. So uh, people across the country I would not trust, you know, that sort of thing. But someone came and recorded all of... 
oh, I think it was uh, Daphne Greengrass. All of her lines, just out of the blue, sent them to me in email. And I was like, well, shit, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I put them in, and from then, people started sending me things. And so now I actively solicit, and I put on, you know, all the uh, different voices in their lines, if you want to send them to me. But I've had some people from Germany. Uh, The guy who does Lucius Malfoy's voice is from Germany. Hmm. And, yeah, there have been a couple others. And they have a very distinct accent. You can hear, and you're like, ooh, he sounds evil. (laughs) 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 You don't have the evil accent. (laughs) You've gone out of your way, too. You've come over to my place a couple of times with the laptop in hand. And Mm -hmm. you do this line, I forgot this one, and, you know, just just as easy. That's, That's the worst part. When you have someone drive over to your house and they sit there recording for 30 minutes and then two weeks later you're editing together the episode and you're like I'm missing a line <laughs> and I can't ask someone to come back to my house again for something I screwed up so I'll drive over yeah. well, it's not like we're more than five minutes away that's true so. we live a lot closer now Yeah. so that's the next question uh, I've done some audio recording for teaching online classes mm. and I generally do it in 15 minute chunks mm-hmm. um, do you mix line by line or I mean how do you do that I mean if you're recording in separate places that seems really hard to get the cadence and the interaction it can be a challenge yeah I I do record you know I do all of my recording first and for a half hour episode it's about an hour of recording because I'm not that great at doing it in one take I really envy the people that can you know get a radio job just read it and they sound awesome and they don't stumble and you know they don't have to spend eight hours editing their episodes because they're good and I'm not and (laughs) it takes me you know a good five to seven hours to edit an episode afterwards to take out all the flubs and put everything together but yeah and then I have people come over and they just do everything in one take and then I you know paste in the lines when where I need them Audacity is great for that it's a free program that's what you use yeah it's great and you know a lot of the times their, their interpretation of the lines is not the same as mine would be and the cadence, I think, maybe is not quite right. Audacity can help with that a little bit. It can slow down. It can speed up. You can add little you know, spaces between lines. And I do that a lot. But there's only so much you can do. And I figure that's just part of the charm. There's, that's other people lending their interpretation to, to the story and bringing characters to life by having them not be how I would read them. Hmm. By having them actually be individual people. And I, but I, sometimes I think the voices also create something that maybe wasn't there initially, and yeah. adds a little more to it as well. Yeah. Well, maybe something that should be a special project if you know, an episode ever comes along where you know that everyone will be close by, they'll happen to be there. Maybe it should be a reading with everybody all at one time. That would be cool. I, I think yeah. that would be Take interesting to try. It, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. interesting to try just at least once to see if everybody could read at the same time with minimum of editing. I think I would need a mixer and some more microphones. Mm-hmm. I tried doing that with Drake for uh, the three dialogues, the use the try harder Luke, where uh, Mark Hamill is talking with uh, George Lucas. Lucas, thank you, Star Wars guy that I hate now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're talking together, and the both of both of us just stood near the microphone and talked into it. And afterwards, when I was listening to it, having, you know, normally when I'm, I'm like up here, I'm in the microphone, not quite there, but like six inches away. Mm-hmm. When we're several feet away, uh, there's a lot of echo and the voice sounds kind of distant and tinny. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is awful. And so I went back and I re-recorded my lines. I didn't call Drake back to redo his, but I figured, you know, Mark Hamill is the main person and he's talking to George Lucas off on, you know, the edge of the set. So it's okay if his voice sounds a little distant. Okay. But, yeah, I, I don't think we could all just crowd around one microphone and do it. The voice, the, the sound quality suffers. Mm-hmm. Really, it's good to be up close with those things. They're really sensitive. They pick up everything. How do you handle... Sorry to keep asking questions. No, go for it. Uh, 
how do you handle having to let it sit for so long and then come back to it? There's such a long time frequently between story arcs or even between chapters. You just get used to it after a while. I, when I was first started, I was really gung-ho, and I would go every week do an episode. And I've gotten actually faster lately. It doesn't take me as long to edit them because, well, for starters, the takes are better now. And also I've learned things that make it go faster. But even, even with that, now I only put out an episode every two weeks. And having long periods of time between them at first was a problem, but now when I do it, I read the story once when I first went to it. I read it again just before I read it into mic- the microphone to you know catch up with it. Then I read it into the microphone, and then I'm listening back to it as I'm editing it. So by the time I've listened to it so many times in repetition, it's not, it's not something that I have a hard time recalling anymore. Everything just kind of flows together in my mind because I've read it and seen it so many times that the spaces between them don't really register anymore. I was going to say real quick, too, if you had done it, like, from the beginning, because you never really tried, unless you put out the new episode, or unless you put out the first episodes differently after you changed it, to just read it. You did it always kind of, like, different voices for different characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I found... Like, if it was just, like, a regular... I'm not, I, I don't listen to a lot of audiobooks that aren't just, like, an author reading their own book. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, it would be... You could just, like, do every character said this person, and there would be no reason to change your voice. Mm-hmm. Um and if you'd done that, you could have handled the whole story. But I could only imagine trying to do. I think you even did a, an homage. Or I think you did a little note on this on, on an episode. Trying to do this few arc mm-hmm. by yourself mm-hmm. and do eight different girl voices that were all talking to each other. Yeah, that would have been. That would have yeah. never happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad by then I had people working. Yeah, and that's the thing you don't want to hear either. You don't want to hear somebody trying to do eight <laughs> voices. It gets confusing and mm-hmm. it's annoying at the end, and you don't feel like you got everything out of it that you could have. Yeah, well, I've gone to a lot of uh, sci-fi lit cons, and you know, I listen to people read their own works quite often, mm-hmm. and there's definitely an art to it. I've I've heard some people, you know, not very well-known writers at all. But just someone trying to promote their work, and they read it, and it's good. They have the pauses, they have the emotion, they do slightly different voices for characters. And then I've heard uh, authors, really well-known authors, get up, and they'll read a section of what they've written. And I've, you know, I've, in one case, I'd read the thing before, and it was brilliant, and I'm glad that I'd actually read it before. Because when he read it out loud, it was awful. He just, he just read the words and just spewed them out of his mouth. And it, doesn't, it really doesn't work to just read it straight. Because when you're reading on a paper, you have the paragraph breaks. You have the quotation marks. So you know this paragraph of narration is over. Now it's someone talking. And there'll be a, you know, someone said tag relatively soon thereafter. Or in the context, you can tell, you know, someone, this person just did a thing and now he's talking. But there are visual cues to let you know. And when you're listening, there, those visual cues are lost. You don't have the spaces. You don't have the paragraph breaks and the quotation marks the italics sometimes that are used and so you need to have it in audio instead by having a different voice or in some cases whenever there's a flashback uh some you know someone's remembering something that happened before it's always in italics in the in the text and now i do an echo for that because you need some way to tell someone this is not regular text this is slightly different right i think that it's just a different uh artistic medium acrylics and pastels you might be good at one you might be good at both but if you happen to be a specialist in reading the books out loud, that's wonderful. It doesn't necessarily correlate with those artists that can both read them out loud. Yeah. Stephen King books, some yeah. of those put me to sleep. But <laughs> some of his short stories, when he reads them out loud, I've, I've 
read the stories without that voice, and it seems that he knows what his intent was, and it, it brings it out much more clearly, and it's actually kind of fun to hear the artist uh, themselves put in the inflections the way that they were meant to be. So it, it can yeah, work out well. that's a drawback, too, is some writers just, they can e- emote so well through their writing, but if they were to speak it out loud, it is just so droll, so boring, and just... Uh, that's why they're writers and not actors. Yeah, right. exactly. And that's and some of them will just never sound good with audiobooks, so there needs to be those other people that come in and read it and, and can give the emotion that was written. Um, so this is a really long story. It's got to be hours of audio, many hours of audio. Yes. Um, did you find... I mean, obviously you probably wanted to try to keep a consistent feel mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing. Did you find... 50 episodes in that you're like, well, crap, I should have done this different, but of course there's no way I can go back and re-record 50 episodes. Right. Yes. <laughs> there have been several times I've wished that I had done things different from the beginning. Uh, I was able to change some things because I redid the first nine chapters later on, but there's other things that I'm like, well, that's too bad. It'll, <laughs> it'll just be part of the learning experience. Do you put together hot takes? I <laughs> we talked about that. <laughs> we've we've actually talked about it quite a bit. I didn't for the longest time. I didn't see why anyone would care, right? You know, whatever. <laughs> but uh, people kept getting on me, specifically people that had done voices with me. And so I started. I went back when I redid the early chapters, and I pulled a lot of outtakes together and put them in a file. And recently, I've been putting some more onto that file, and I think I may be uh, publishing that at the same time I do this, if I, when I throw this online. It's uh, Stuff like that is helpful for the fans, because you know we know the characters really well, mm-hmm. but uh, sometimes we want to know the actors, too, and, and the outtake tracks give us a chance to meet you guys. I often wonder, because you have kind of, you know, a sort of a girly high voice anyway, and you, it's, 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 it's extent... Mm exaggerated a bit when you do Hermione. She mm-hmm. sounds, you know, you're trying to make her sound younger. She's a 10-year-old girl. Right. And uh, I wonder how many people actually realize that you are an adult because one of the outtakes <laughs> is like, bloody hell, I need some beer. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great hearing Hermione say that. <laughs> well, it was one of the things that very early on it was very nervous-making. So mm-hmm. that would help me if I just had the one. If I had two, then I would start to slur. So it was just that one beer, you know. Either it was <laughs> it, it helped me get into character, or I was promised one after I read my lines. <laughs> yes. So yeah. I, okay. Holding a beer on a string in front of her. <laughs> right. So but she's holding up for the beer. I suppose with the, the higher voice, it would probably be pretty entertaining to hear myself getting pissed off that I've read this for the fifth time, mm-hmm. and I can't pronounce... Severus Snape? Sal- Salazar Slytherin See, you was can't the even one you had a problem Salazar with. Salazar Slytherin, oh my god. So many people stumble over that when they try to say it. I, yeah, there were several times that I would read it five or six times over, and I would get progressively more and more angry, which <laughs> yeah. probably came out in the reading. There was, there was that one time where you were trying to do it. You did the paragraph like five times, and then someone drove up and you were like, fuck it, I'm done. I'll come back to it tomorrow. <laughs> really, I don't remember that one. But it was yeah. great. And I was like, oh god, I hope she comes back to it tomorrow. <laughs> Because <laughs> you were, you know, up in that faraway town, and I didn't want to have to drive all the way back, you know. I was sure. staying the night, but I didn't mm-hmm. want to drive back the next weekend. That was something I had an issue with a, couple, with a couple of lines, and it was just because the way I was gritting my teeth and smiling evilly in the background, yeah. I, I couldn't say certain words, and I had to practice that, and I just... You know, like suffering, suffetash. Yeah. <laughs> when I originally did Draco, I kind of did, you know, like the sneer thing, kind of like one lip curled off to the side. And I found that you can't do F's when you do that. Yeah. I mean, you can do F's, 
but it sounds like sloppy, like you're spitting. It's like. <laughs> 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 so now I just do the sneer to get in character and then put my mouth back to normal. I guess because I, I haven't tried to do anything other than my normal voice, perhaps with a little bit, you know, higher pitch, mm-hmm. I haven't experienced that. Mm-hmm. Perhaps in the future. Yes. Ryan, did you say you did uh, Snake before you'd seen the movies or read the books? Well, I'd seen the movies, but oh, and I, I kind of thought of that character. Um, in your yeah, I was good. picturing him while I was trying to speak, but then lending a little more in the evil feel and, and trying to give a character of his own too he just wasn't a, a duplicate of that so mm-hmm. but yeah I, that, I had seen the movies at least so I had a little something to go off of I was going to say because you hit Evil Potions Master right on the head of <laughs> <laughs> trying to get the character you know by yourself that was epic I don't know about you guys yes, the Alan Rickman characters I pictured that was a lot before the movies ever came out yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a lot less like an like, em- emphasis and inflection in anything than the, the near character. Yeah, Alan Rickman has really more of a low drawl. His voice rolls. It works, but it's not like the same like, right, right. Yeah. You, you really get the, um, the anger in your voice. Like, I hate you, Potter. You feel that in every single word. <laughs> that's Well, I took that from your cues as, as what you're trying to describe as his character, but that's why I, um, when I was trying to create it, I, I, I was gritting my teeth. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking evilly, and I, I just I was so pissed at him all the time, you know. <laughs> like, but I had to accept him. And no wonder your jaw hurt afterwards. Yeah, so I was literally, you know, it was like driving in rush hour traffic. You're gritting your teeth, and I was doing that all the time. So I was a little jaw achy mm-hmm. at some point, you know, if I read a lot of lines, but... It was fun too. At the same time, I was it, it, it lends to the character and it helps you as the voice actor speak it correctly because you're you, you yeah. know it's there. You Getting feel it. it. You're not just thinking it. You're feeling it too. It's like ah, you little son of a. Whenever yeah. <laughs> whenever I do Quirrell, I did you watch the old um, X Men from the nineties? Yeah. Remember Magneto? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Whenever I do Quirrell, I think of Magneto like this arrogant general I always puff out my chest and be like oh I am the lord of this world and all these (laughs) stupid people I don't but I should (laughs) now I have a question along the lines of you know picking how you're going to uh, do the voices has anybody given you trouble because it's not in a British accent no actually uh there's there's been one or two comments that like you know this this would be better if it was I'm like yeah but I can't do British accent I with uh, one of the characters, Seamus, mm-hmm. I tried to do Ireland-ish or Scottish or Scottish or something. But my problem is that I don't, yeah, I don't have, I don't know those cultures. I don't uh. know anyone who speaks um, with that accent. My entire exposure to those languages is the Lucky Charms, Leprechaun, <laughs> and Groundskeeper Willie from The Simpsons, <laughs> who I think aren't even the same nation. Like, one's Scottish and one's Irish. You need to go watch something right. like right. Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels I, to really hear that, or even Snatch and hear a fake one that's just so heavy. And, and Yeah, so I, I kind of mashed those two up, and I did it, yeah, and I got a comment from someone from <laughs> Ireland who said, this is painful to listen to. You sound like some kind of retarded combination of Scottish and Irish, and I don't know what's going on, and no one talks like this. <laughs> See, that's something I really liked as a kid, and I really got it sucked into, is I, I heard accents, and I memorized accents, and I can go and put myself into an accent, and just and I'm, I'm practicing the words, the sounds, the, yeah. the draw of it. Yeah, all my accents are caricatures. That's I kind of like that. There's a heavy comedic aspect to the the book because then I don't feel so bad when I do my crazy <laughs> Western guy or, you know, or the man from Russia. You know? oh, it's okay because it's comedy. Yeah, 
But if I had to do it seriously, like I had to for some characters, it just didn't work out well. You guys saved my life. (laughs) (laughs) It was, yeah, it's kind of crazy because I was really nervous too when I first started. Mm -hmm. I think that's when I go back and listen to the early ones, which I've now deleted, my Mm. voice was much higher. Well, I still have them, but they're not available online. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My voice was much higher because I just, I had that tension in my chest and in my throat. Oh, absolutely. And it kind of pushed everything up. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's also why I was speaking fast. I was like, I want to get through this. Uh, This was written in puberty. (laughs) (laughs) Taking a a speech class, that was one thing that I was always docked on was that I could get a lot of information into a very small amount of time, (laughs) but it would seem like rapid machine gun fire. You know, the audience would have very little time to understand what I was saying, but I would get everything out all at once. And there's something to be said for that if you're in a debate class, Mm. but if you actually want people to understand the the nuances of the text, it was... uh, it was something that you would coach me with early on, and then sometimes I'd fall into that bad habit again, especially with the longer time between the episodes. It's one of the most common problems when people send in text, they just speak too fast. And I'm like, you already yeah. know the words, you know what's being said, but the people that are listening don't, so they need a little extra time to yeah. process it. I didn't think about that, too, and I didn't think about it until we were midway into this and how much it played to it, but I took acting classes and speech classes in in college, Mm -hmm. and it it really helped me. I did a a short story uh, movie for a friend of ours, I don't know, probably seven, eight years ago, and we we went in an industrial section down by Arapahoe, and middle of the night, and it was freaking freezing it, it had to be like 20 degrees out mm-hmm. and we're trying we had to set up the lights and he had to run around the camera and he was doing stuff while we acted and i had to coach him on stuff because of stage left and stage right and i said you're not going to have guys do this there you're not going to see this and you're not going to see the guy if you're you're zooming around it was kind of funny but it, it it really played a lot in and i never thought i'd get anything out of that really after taking those classes in college but yeah and i think that plays into the voice acting too you you kind of read the script and you picture yourself in places and in scenes and i think that kind of helps as well or it, it does for me anyways uh, I, I love doing learning by doing it's just the best way to learn things have yeah, the noticed, experience, it makes a big difference. Have you noticed everybody else, you know, with prolonged voice acting, have they improved, yes. in your opinion? Yeah, pretty much everybody. Good. That the first time, it's always, you know, very fast and also breathy. Breath control is a big deal, yeah. mm. which I also yeah. discovered. It's in the middle of a sentence. You can't just stop and take a breath and keep going. So if sometimes the sentences written are a bit long mm-hmm. and they use very large words mm-hmm. and so it can it can be hard I have to you know I'm reading the sentence and I run out of air halfway through and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> okay back to the start <laughs> well that's where the pauses yeah, and that, commas that are of, great places to take breaths and that's where you can add the emotion in you're, you're faking it in a way to add your breath back in and, and you're pausing to say but it's really not, you know. You know, and it, and it sounds like that's what the character would do. Mm-hmm. And it's realistic, though. The character has to breathe as well. It's mm-hmm. they're not full of air. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's are you sure? I think that some of us are a bunch of windbags. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> depends on the line, I suppose. But <laughs> that's what makes it a super stimulus. You take out all the things that normal human people do, so that yeah. it just sounds like Superman when you're done with it. Yay. I think we are almost out of time. Yes, we are actually a couple minutes over, so I should wrap this up. Uh, if anyone wants to do just a few lines, I have a couple dozen pay, uh, roles here that are just between one and four lines. All of them, they'll be you know really short, and that will be down at one thirty where they're having the Eleven Z's Hobbit breakfast right now, just across the hall and to the right. Okay, hopefully I'll see some of you there. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks yeah. for coming. And thank you for listening. 
Come back next week for a special episode featuring bloopers and instructions on how you can lend your voice to the Methods of Rationality podcast. Thank you.